so what was your music inspiration when you were growing up? Well, initially it was all classical. Really? Yeah. That was like my, you know, my dad uh, was a, he played a classical instrument. He played like, he played a lot of stuff. You're kidding. Um, yeah. And I think his main thing was the French horn. So naturally, like, we were pushed into that direction to play, not pushed, but um, uh, uh, persuaded, not even yeah. persuaded. Influenced. We influenced. Yeah quotes influenced right in a very positive way he had there was no pressure ever from him to do anything but yeah so we had the classical instrument like we listened to a lot of like classical music stuff and then sixth grade seventh grade years you start you know peers so green day was big oh yeah coolio yeah. yeah. Fuji's. Okay. I like the Fuji's. Wyclef. Okay. I don't know that one last one. Uh, Wyclef? Uh-uh. Oh, man. Wyclef is cool. Okay. Okay. Well, you're... You know, you're... I'm... I'm 39, dude. So I'm a little bit... You're only... Older. You're only what does that put you at? 70... 77. 77. Yeah. 77. That's a nice number. I like that. Well, see, I grew up in Salinas, too, so it was all R&B. Okay. And that was a lot... One of the gangster rap came yeah, in yeah. it was a very weird time but huh. we could go off on tangents on that sure. but so what did your dad do because i know you're in malaysia japan yeah. back here in the states so yeah we are um my dad got his uh, basically like teaching his master's in teaching english as a foreign language oh, okay and there was opportunities abroad to you know put that to use i think that was his that was his intention um, so Malaysia, he was, I don't know the exact, it was through like a, a program that was stateside. Maybe they had set up a, a university satellite program mm. in Malaysia and then Japan university of Southern Illinois had an extension there. And then from then it kind of transitioned to Japanese universities or he transitioned to trap teaching at Japanese universities wow. and, um, yeah, and then moved to Tokyo. Yeah, I had no idea. I wanted to ask you last time, like, how did you just jump from country to country? And now here you are. But that's that's interesting. So you kind of fell into your father's trade, more or less. Me? Yeah. Yeah. As far as teaching goes? As far as teaching, yeah. I think, yeah, my, my whole family is, we. everybody's, my mom is a teacher. She oh. teaches art now. When, when we were in Japan, she taught English. Is that right? I guess my, my grandma, she was a, she taught, you know, she retired from teaching 30, 30 plus years of teaching. Um, let's see, my, my grandma on my other side was and is a teacher. Um, Dang. so yeah, everybody, everybody's like teaching oriented. My brother now, he just got his, he just finished his, uh, special education credential at Sac State. So, okay. Um, he's he's been teaching for I think he just finished his first year like officially and he just finishes he just got his master's degree. Jeez. Woohoo. Dang. Um, so yeah, uh, a lot of teachers, a lot of lineage. It's that's awesome. I thought about going into teaching too. Yeah. yeah, that was the, I loved English. I loved you know the the writing part of it, and then uh, this gal came along, and then I had to switch my major, and that's another story. <laughs> that's so. No, but you're. Are you the only one in your family that does jujitsu, wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. yeah here you uh, are. My brother wrestled. He, he, 
was a better wrestler than I was. What? Through high school. And then it's there's a lot of guys better than me. Um anyways, but uh yeah, he was a better wrestler than I was and in college he kinda I don't think it was like he was as passionate about it transitioning after Did you go to high school. Sac State. Yeah, he ended up going to Sac State. Um not directly. I think he tra- he transferred from Sierra College to Sac State. So, mm-hmm. uh, but he continued like wrestling as a, a casual hobby. And in wrestling, that's it's kind of hard to do. You know, mm-hmm. you're either all in or not in at all. Which kinda I like think is which is sad. It's kind of sad. Do you think that's the same thing with jujitsu though? No, jujitsu you can do it two to three times a week. Get the great get the good benefits of <coughs> working out, being around positive people that want to you know contribute to uh, have jiu-jitsu contribute to their healthy lifestyle yeah um and yeah so i I think it's something that you can be much more casual about Mm -hmm. you don't have to compete and wrestling competing and practicing goes almost hand in hand yeah um you know so yeah so i I think it's totally different i think um the mindset you know like you see you see you hear like what's the wrestling well it's like uh you in in wrestling, there's this mindset like uh, I can't I can't quote it exactly, but basically, you know, people are getting you start your wrestling season and like coaches are like, proud that they started with 50 and they ended with 20, mm-hmm. 20, to 20 break wrestlers the, in the herd, huh? Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, because it's so tough. Compared. And I think there's something cool about that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, when you talk about making wrestling popular and having it be a spectator sport and getting people involved, because numbers is power too. Mm-hmm. Um, jiu-jitsu does that much better unfortunately mm. I think wrestling could do it I think mm-hmm. it definitely has the potential to be an inclusive thing mm-hmm. you know where wrestlers are um, not necessarily introverted they're they're I mean, extroverted and they're trying to get more people involved and included into the sport of wrestling mm-hmm. I think that's that's one thing that wrestling suffers or isn't isn't could be doing better at um, but uh, but yeah with jiu-jitsu, it seems like it's a, a family environment, friendly environment. You're, you're a martial artist, so at I least... I think so is wrestling, though. I, yeah. I think so. I mean, yeah. Do you not feel the same way? Well, I never did wrestling, oh, so yeah. I'm just kind of getting the contrast of it. And with jiu-jitsu, it's like an extended family. You know, in your school specifically, it it really caters to... A full development so it always I always felt like I'm a better person mm-hmm. when I come off the mat mm-hmm. I it, think wrestling has that element yeah definitely um, so that's a, that's I'm interested to hear because as a what I think of a martial martial artist yeah what the world thinks is the label of martial artist mm-hmm. and then wrestling has that same too that's kind of a surprise to me I think wrestling is a martial art just as much as anything else really just as much as uh, jiu-jitsu or Muay Thai, you know. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mm. Uh, it has a strong sport element to it. But if you think about what amateur wrestling is and where it came from, it came from professional, like, catch wrestling, right? The idea of, like, basically beating, you know, like, uh, when guys, when people talk about Abraham wrestling, uh, Abraham Lincoln mm. and him wrestling, and he had, like, these long 30 not 30 minutes, but hour and a half, two hour matches. Yeah, look it up. Um, and, he, you know, it's like one of the things like, oh, Abraham Lincoln was a wrestler. Hmm. Um, you'll see 
the wrestling that he was doing wasn't the six minute, you know, or high school six minute, college seven did, minute match. Did Abraham Lincoln have a singlet? Oh yeah, of course he did. <laughs> he walked around he his did. singlet. As a matter of fact, I think I've seen pictures of him. But anyway, go ahead. I think I think it had you know faithful Abe or what? Not Favorite Flav? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. So anyway, off track. But Abraham Lincoln was a wrestler, and there's an element going. So, but, but there's the, a long history but in that. Th- but that wrestling, right? The match didn't end until the person gave up. Wow. Right, which is what a submission. Right. Which is a tap. Right. Dang. That's that's what we think of now, or we've defined as a catch wrestling or submission wrestling. Mm-hmm. Right. Until somebody says uncle. Yeah. You know. And these long, long matches that they re- that they talk about, um, you know, in wrestling matches, that I think, um, you know, if you've if you've been a wrestler, you, you'll find out that a lot of famous people wrestled before. I'm going off on a tangent. There's no such thing as a tangent. That's why it's <laughs> but, cool. Yeah. But but, but uh, yeah, so there's there's a there's a lot of really cool stories of famous people, people from you know your history lessons that that wrestled. And but the wrestling when they talk about isn't the, the high school wrestling where they wore their headgear, they had their mouthpiece in, and they went in for six minutes and they were done. Mm-hmm. It was a long, grueling match. It sounds to get like the person to give up. Okay, give me an idea since yeah. I'm not of that background at all. Sure. Okay, we, you and you and me, we walk on the mat. Think of it as modern day in jujitsu, submission mm-hmm. only matches with no time limits. Oh, that's awesome. That's what it was. Got it. Right. Yeah. And. Maybe they wore clothes. Maybe they took their jackets off, mm-hmm. right? So you get a more gi, you get a, like a no gi yeah. kind of thing. But there wasn't any punching or anything like that. No, it was wrestling. Okay. Right? Which is which is basically jujitsu, which is basically judo. Right. Right? Um, but there was no really no referee. Hmm. Nothing Nothing was like illegal because they didn't know what was like too, what was too dangerous Interesting. Right, or harmful for the person. Right. However, you could get them to submit or give up or say stop, you won. Right. You know? So that was, a, and the only way you could do that is through a submission or you exhausted them. You wore them out. Yeah. Uh, definitely, you had to conserve your energy. You couldn't <clears throat> just go all out and be done and be spent in three or four minutes. Right. Um, yeah. So I think it's really interesting to think about the history of wrestling and and but our current amateur folk style wrestling, the collegiate wrestling that people do now in high school and college. How different is middle that? Middle school. That's so. That's that. That came from that wrestling, uh-huh. right? It was it was a simplification of the rules. I don't know what year. Yeah. You know, I don't know exactly when the rules became simplified and universal. Um, I was just at the California uh, Hall of Fame banquet. One of our college teammates, Derek Moore. Mm-hmm. He was a NCAA champion in 2007, outstanding wrestler of the tournament. He was just inducted into the Hall of Fame. Wow, cool. Which is really cool. Um, And it was cool to be there too. But uh, one of the honorary inductees that they had, or Lifetime Achievement Awards, was talking about a gentleman who had put rules, put points to to help scoring of wrestling. Hmm. And I got to look up his name because I, I heard that and I thought that was really interesting. I wow. thought he would, uh, you know, if he was, st- if, I think he's still alive and, you know, talking to him, getting an interview with him would be really interesting. Yeah. But, um, um, doesn't, not yeah. to sidetrack you, but doesn't, 
wrestling now, I mean, it goes back way, way, way back to in terms of early history. Yeah. Early, it's, it's like the Roman period, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know anything about that part? Because yeah, so I'm not a historian, and mm. I could be wrong. This is all just my interp like everything that I've said so far is like my interpretation as I see how wrestling has evolved over the last hundreds hundred of hundreds of years. Yeah, that's fair. And then my interpretation of the wrestling. So again, wrestling initially, what was it like back back in the day? You know, um, it was it was again a submission only match. Yeah. To get the person to quit. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not like you went to a school to learn technique. You just kind of wrestled, you know, you grabbed them by the head. Does this hurt? Yeah, it hurts. Okay. That's a good move. Oh, <laughs> right. I mean, right? Oh, thousands of years. Of oh, I, I think I just broke your arm. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, which by the which way, is, which is what, which is jujitsu, yeah. right? Which is, which is judo, mm -hmm. you know, uh, which is sambo. Every, if you look at every culture, you know, you find it's Indian wrestling, Mongolian wrestling, mm -hmm. every, not every culture, I can't generalize that much, sure. but there's a lot of cultures that still today, Japanese sumo, sumo wrestling, yeah. you know, you can still find um, elements of wrestling that have become a sport that have become traditional and they're, mm. you know, maybe sp they have spiritual elements. So they have these rituals that go along with it. The Mongolian, if you haven't, if you never had a chance to watch like Mongolian wrestling, go check it out on YouTube. Really? It's really, really cool. Yeah. They all gather on a field. There's this like celebratory dance after you win your match. Wow. But you keep fighting and fighting and fighting. Once you lose, you're out, but you keep fighting on this open field. And it's wow. basically just a, like a takedown or a throw. First, oh. uh, wins the wins the bout, mm -hmm. I guess. Like I can, I mean, I'm envisioning like a double leg, single leg or? Um, a lot of throws. But okay. yeah, you do see the double leg, single leg. Mm -hmm. It's like sumo wrestling, um, but they wear this little leather vest that you mm -hmm. can grab onto, which helps the throws. Wow. Um, and then they have like these leather, uh, like, like leather pants mm -hmm. uh, that you can grab to use use to use the guys to throw them. But uh, it's really really cool wow. to watch. If you just go check, go look up like Mongolian traditional Mongolian wrestling. Mm -hmm. Really cool. And that's why you see actually in Japan. So uh, in Japan, they have these things. Uh, sumo has these rankings. And the highest ranking, almost like divine status, is the Yokozuna. Really? Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with sumo at all? Uh, only like in Street Fighter. Hey, sumo guy. <laughs> Who was that guy? Ah, man. <laughs> he did this. Right. Do you use that? <laughs> no, you don't. Okay. <laughs> Dumb question. Uh, in sumo, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have this. This is like I can't, I can't remember the name of the move. Yeah, but it's like an spuddy. This oh, is called spuddy, uh, and like spuddy is like, man, how do I? So I don't know the. Those guys are like the Michael Jordans of their sport, or because you said divine status. I'm thinking that they're highly. Yeah. So, anyways, once you get to Yokozuna, you're divine. You're mm -hmm. you can't you can rank always rank down until you get to Yokozuna. You can't rank down anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's the highest rank that you can achieve. And once you get to Yokozuna, you uh, have to retire. You have to realize at some point, like, you're either, you, know, you have to come to an acceptance that you're, you're done. You shouldn't be competing anymore, and, and you retire. Or right. maybe you, you, know, you, you injure it out, so you have to, you're forced into retirement or something like that. Mm. But um, right now, I think there's two yokozunas and they're both from mongolia really 
Yeah. What a trip. Maybe maybe three, but I'm pretty sure there's two, two or three. And they're in Japan. And for the last, for the last, yes. And mm. then for the last ten years or so, there's only been Mongolian yokozunas. No kidding. Yeah. You know, one of my friends, Sid. Yeah, I know uh, Sid. Yeah. Sid Ramirez. Yeah. Unfortunately, he went. Um, he was fighting against in a jiu-jitsu tournament, and it was a Mongolian judo. I think he's a champion of some sort. Okay. And I got tossed and got hurt bad. And um, I felt really bad. So anyway, that background, I had no idea Mongolians came from either judo or their own style of wrestling. That's yeah, very they have They have a really good wrestling team, too. It's not the richest country, uh-huh. right? So... So even if you know, even if you do become a really good Mongolian, Mongolian wrestler mm-hmm. in Mongolia, I don't I don't know how much the profits are, right? I don't know what your what your earnings are. But if you take that skill and you go to Japan and you become a yokozuna mm-hmm. sumo wrestler, you're I mean you're you're living big. It kind of seems like a cool lifestyle. You get to eat whatever you want and you get to push people around and the people. It's get- harsh, man. <laughs> It, do have you seen documentaries? You gotta watch. So watch some documentaries. CNN has some really good documentaries on sumo wrestlers. And it's it's not as glamorous as glamorous as I'm thinking. No, because when you come in, when you come in, you're. Can I swear on this? You definitely can swear. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Which word is he gonna use? I was Can't just, wait. You're like, I don't even know if I'm using it correctly, but you're like bottom bitch. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Like you're you're like totally bottom. You're doing everything. You don't even get to train. When you first start? Yeah, when you first start, you're doing you're doing all the chores. You're uh-huh. cooking, you're cleaning, you're making sure like everything is prepared for the the higher ups right. to prepare. And then once they're done training, they do the same thing in karate kid. <laughs> yeah, but he he but he didn't get like slapped around, right? But these guys these guys have to like serve their like it's like the ultimate martial arts um in practice you know uh-huh. because you live in where you're gonna in the stable that you're training so wow. um you know you're basically like turning into Clydesdales right where right you train to become the most you know the thoroughbred and so this right? this is going on now this isn't like oh yeah that's true oh, yeah this is this is current sumo now it used to be that each stable or each stable could have like two foreign only two foreign wrestlers Hmm. and somewhere in history i don't know the exact time but they all started ignoring that (laughs) and and there and there's sumo masters that'll go and recruit sumo wrestlers from abroad and bring that talent stateside because they know if they develop these guys into they can develop these guys into like really good sumo fighters to represent their stable and the sumo fighter benefits especially especially in the you know developing countries where you know maybe maybe they have a skill that isn't going to earn them a lot of money mm-hmm. but you can take that you can take that skill again and transfer it to to sumo in Japan which is a developed country mm-hmm. and they're going to make a really good living no, did they recruit out of Mongolia specifically, or because yeah, there's 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 there, there's definitely um, like a, I don't want to say sister city, but there's like recruiting, like serious scouting going on in Mongolia mm. um, and Mongolian wrestling uh, to cross over into uh, Japanese sumo. Wow, yeah, it's big. That's Huge. interesting. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, coming on, like I said, I think before we, we talked about how coming from a stand-up background, facing wrestlers, just a whole whirlwind, you know. When I first started jiu-jitsu, part of me was like, I'm wrestling, and I just, there was an opening where I wanted to punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. So like, that will work. That's changed now. Now yeah. I finally can flow. But when you, for me, when I get that first arm bar or triangle, I'm like, wow, this is, this is amazing. This is a really good rush. What, I mean, for you, going from wrestling to jiu-jitsu, was there this aha moment? Like, wow, I'm going to, this is cool. It's a, is it a bigger or better rush than wrestling? Can you say that again? So, yeah, I guess there's a rush where you're kind of addicted. You yeah. just get addicted to that submission or yeah. the, your progress. Yeah. And, and I guess because you're not practicing, you are, you have wrestling classes. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have a teach a very awesome top game. We have gi, we have no gi. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think for me, like what I've always, what I've always enjoyed is not necessarily the rush, but the process and the process itself is a rush. Hmm. So the idea of, of bettering myself, finding my weaknesses, finding my strengths, Mm -hmm. understanding my strengths, Mm -hmm. understanding my weaknesses, understanding my faults and then making them better. That process, I think I'm addicted to that. I think that's a rush. That's a martial artist. And is it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, If if I'm going to do a presentation on what a martial artist is, it's not the end goal. It doesn't matter if it's a, a what color of a belt. It's the process and the mm-hmm. journey. And so that, but but in all honesty, that process is exciting to me. Hmm. Um, figuring out where I want to be, where I am now, mm-hmm. what what are the stepping stones that I need to create for myself or achieve mm-hmm. in order to get to, you know, X, Y, and Z. Okay, what's well, X, Y, and Z for you right now? <laughs> X, Y, and Z for me right now. We just had the world championships. I'm not a world champion. Um, At this particular time. You ha- you are considered world champion because you've won many tournaments. Yeah, I've won. I've, so I've won um, like a world title, uh, SJJIF, or Sports Jiu-Jitsu, SJJF, Sports Jiu-Jitsu Federation. Mm-hmm. They had a world championships. I won that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nogi Worlds when I was a brown belt, I won that. Um, in the Gi as a brown belt, I took third at the at the Gi uh, IBJJF Worlds, mm-hmm. um, and then as a black belt, no Gi, I took second. Um, so, yeah, I've had you know a Masters wor- Masters Worlds. I took second one year. I took third one year. Mm-hmm. Maybe this year I went from third to second. Maybe this year. So that's first. right. That's right. It only makes sense. Is that the X? Has to go in that way. It right? does. <laughs> And that's, that's the X, Y, and Z right now. That's the goal. Yeah, I mean, my, my goal is, I want to say, I want to say I want to be a world champion. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I know that I don't just want to be a world champion. I really do want to be a world champion. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be fun. It would be a lot of work. I need to do, you know, I feel like my skills and technical skills are pretty close. Mm-hmm. I've had some really close matches with some of the guys who've placed in the top three yeah so it's not like it's a ridiculous goal mm-hmm. now it's just a matter of you know it's like the last few percent right you know razor um, thin yeah so like let's say 100 percent is never attainable you know and and on 
on the day where the world championships championships are held the best guy performs a 96 percent mm-hmm. compared to the second 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 guy 95 90. and 0.9 yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so it's just like this but you know it takes it takes us it takes four years to get to, to get up to 80 percent and then another two to get up to 90 percent mm-hmm. of planning you yeah. know that planning is is really important you can't just like get together a 12-week training camp I'm gonna be a world champion this year I need 12 weeks I'm gonna do this this and this and then I'm gonna be ready you know it takes it takes preparing the body it takes mental preparation in order to get ready for that you know for those for those experiences for those moments you know so so you get up to 90% and then now you're looking at the last 6% which is which is really tough, you know. It's yeah. everything coming together, a little bit of luck, wind blowing in the right direction, right. <laughs> you know, um, training the right way, getting the right amount of sleep, you yeah. know, all, all this. I mean, not just out, not just, and I'm not just, I'm not just like giving you outside factors, you know. Definitely, what you do, you know, to prepare is just as important. But it's um, exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. That's I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I, a lot of a lot of cool things we uncovered today. Elliot Kelly, check him out on social media. I think we're going to take a quick break. Okay. And then the cameras, uh, I think we're going to head to more audio right now because I cool. think we have more time. Cool. All right. So All right. thanks, you guys. Daniel Jameson just graduated. He's on his way to Folsom College, community yeah. college. Yeah. Savvy. Super savvy. We I'm, just had a. I just had a meeting with him, and he, he knows his stuff. He's, he's done his research. It's his passion. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And when people pursue their passion, fully, yeah. you know, you can tell. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's cool. And he's he's really good at it. Yeah, he is. He's he's. When it comes to technology, he's the opposite of me. <laughs> You know your stuff. No, 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 no. I, I like to write. So look, and I like there's to do the good, movie. there's great, and there's excellent. Yeah. And he, good, everybody does good, right? Great is like brilliant, is like good, you know, and then there's excellent. He does excellent work. Excellent. Excellent work. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And what's fun about this whole process so far is I have ideas and I like to write and I like to have you know, but what what's the most fun is teaming up with somebody that can fill in those gaps that I'm the weakest at. Yeah. You know, and that's that's why this is existing right now. Yeah. So Sounds like you're an you're an ultimate martial artist, right? So you know you understand your weaknesses. You yeah. found somebody that can re, you know not replace but that can take over and right. fill in for your weaknesses. The and you probably guys. learn some learning too. I'm assuming. Oh yeah. Right? You're Definitely. picking up stuff. You're learning things. So it's not just it's not like you're just you know having people take care of your your chores you're you're involved in the process yeah and it's a, it's a lot of fun I'm, I'm really interested to see where this where this goes but yeah martial arts in general i knew going back to that as an analogy it, it applies to everything yeah but when it applies to actual martial arts itself i saw in 1991 when the ufc first started i'm like who is this always crazy oh my gosh my taekwondo kaji kimbo Shotokan karate, what do, what are these, what does this mean? Yeah, you know, and it didn't take until I think about eight years ago, two thousand eight, is when I started, and I felt like speaking of classical music when you talked about that, going from 
the the guitar to the violin. It's like, what mm. is, what's going on here? Mm. And <laughs> it was very, very humbling. Even the way, when I first got on the mat, I was just stretching out how I would normally stretch out for stand-up. Okay. But then there's just guys kind of looking at me, and then I tell them, I go, yeah, I'm just starting. He's like, yeah, I could tell by the way you were stretching. <laughs> <laughs> so even that's different, huh? Yeah. See, I'm, I, think I, I think I'm, in some ways, you know, I've always been in that grappling kind of mindset and I did about six months of boxing but yeah. um, so I think everything's kind of the same jiu-jitsu has a different feel to it it has mm-hmm. like this fusion where they, they they're really open to different things mm-hmm. you know I think modern jiu-jitsu some people are still reluctant and resistant to maybe some leg locks and some some takedowns elements of that mm-hmm. but um, you know, I feel like they're really, it's like very open-minded about, you know, incorporating flexibility stuff, incorporating mobility stuff. And I, I've been trying to incorporate more gymnastics type, type stuff, having, yeah. you know, having a dynamic warm-up um, that, that incorporates, you know, traditional jiu-jitsu movements, but yeah. also, you know, movements that are ergonomically friendly. You know, we, yeah. we have to realize, you know, we, people spend a lot of hours sitting in a chair. Yep. You know, so when they come to jujitsu, they need to be doing things. They need to be undoing that chair sitting, you know, in the hour to two hours that they have to train. Mm-hmm. And it's part of my job to create a curriculum that complements that yeah. that lifestyle where they're they're sitting you know, that sitting lifestyle. Right. And and I think. As we sit here, we yeah, should exactly. be standing. Yeah, we should be ergonomically. We should be ready. on a standing treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> a well, sitting, well, sitting treadmill. Sit, yeah. <laughs> How is that possible? When I, when I saw you, I think I, I came into a no-gi class recently. Yeah. And you had already evolved into something I haven't seen before. Maybe you have, but yeah. you started doing kind of these monkey flips. And these kind of, these, I just saw you doing these these gymnastic things like that, tumbling yeah type stuff well I'm five foot I'm five foot eight okay five foot seven okay five foot six and a half 150 pounds I can't do these things and you're six foot 220 yeah 220 yeah yeah I'm not did you say 210 <laughs> <laughs> yeah 220 220 um, but you're 220 yeah, agile and, uh, but you know I didn't learn how to do that until I got to Japan and I started wrestling, hmm. and their wrestling warm-ups, you know, across the board, almost every place starts with a tumbling gymnastics type warm-up. Mm-hmm. So your forward rolls, your backwards roll, your forward rolls where you're kind of doing the splits, your legs are going out, mm-hmm. and like a handstand to a forward roll, backward roll to a handstand, um, dynamic bridging, you know, where you're bridging through forwards and backwards, um, and then the turning into flips mm-hmm. uh, hand hand uh, what's that called uh, handspring right forwards and backwards and like every single place you go to a different school that's the warm up you know so and I think because because there was a strong judo influence into wrestling you know the way wrestling got brought to Japan was a judo guy who traveled to the United States and he mm. learned about wrestling and I could be wrong here but this is a story that I heard mm-hmm. and and he brought 
so he learned wrestling and then he brought kind of those things that he had learned back to Japan in, but like with a judo touch so mm. a judo type of training judo like drills um, and the the tumbling it's like very gymnastics oriented there's a, like a very strong gymnastics element to it mm. uh, I think Japan has one of the one of the best gymnastics teams uh, in the world they're always like a, a medal candidate mm-hmm. um, be interesting to see how the Olympics go this year. <coughs> in Brazil, right? Brazil. Yeah, man. You going to go? <laughs> I'm a little tied down with my two-year-old, <laughs> but I would love to start doing more international travel. Your, your jiu-jitsu career and competition is leading you all sorts of countries and places, right? Yeah, I've been to Japan. Um, you know, I've been to Japan before, but I've been to Japan to compete mm-hmm. as well. But aside from that, you know, like New York, Chicago. Chicago, mm, Southern big. California, up um, pretty much anywhere I go on vacation, I try and bring my gi. So Colorado, mm. um, where else have we been? Seattle. And are those all IBJJF tournaments? Because what I notice in the rankings, USA, there's a few, right? Mm-hmm. On the top, say 50, Keenan, Zhu, mm-hmm. uh, maybe one other. At least in your uh, division, yeah. you know, in, the, in your weight class and all that. But everybody else is from Brazil. So are the majority of the, the tournaments in Brazil or it's just every, they're just kicking ass over here in the U.S.? The International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation, IBJJF, is gone global in the last four, four, three, four, five years. That's in its infancy it compl- then. It's, it's brand new. Yeah. I think the world, the first world championships for the IBJJF or... What we now know of as the IBJJF mm-hmm. was 1996, 1997. You know. Yeah. So that's 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's not that long. No. That's like very small. That's true. And that's that was in Brazil, and it moved to Long Beach, and I don't know how many years it's been in Long Beach. It's been in the states, but so it's still a really really new thing you know figuring out the rules getting referees that no one understand and can give unbiased refereeing um, is is difficult Mm -hmm. Um, you know to have professional referees right that only referee they don't they're not influenced by being on a on a team or Mm -hmm. um, they don't have any biases right they're human so it's gonna have a bias but as little bias as possible yeah what else? Well, what do you think about? Yeah. I, I was just curious your take on why there's so many Brazilians just still there. It's, it's going to change in the next five years. It's going to change. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. So, you already see. I mean, look at the. So just look at the purple, blue, purple, brown, brown belts that are winning, winning worlds. What? What's their nationality? You know, I haven't, I haven't checked the stats. But I'm almost Filipino, certain. all Filipino. <laughs> Actually, all half Finnish and half Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> well, half half Canadian, half Filipino too, right, Daniel? Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but they're just U.S. U.S. based. Yeah, I mean, and you could make an argument that Southern California is like the new mecca of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh, the guys are over there. <laughs> Everyone Even a lot there. of the MMA fighters. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So. Yeah. Yeah, mixed martial arts uh, has, you know, Southern California is a hotbed of mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think just California in general, you could look at Santa Cruz and San Jose. I mean, there's a 
ton of great jujitsu talent. Yeah. The greater Sacramento area has a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just even the West Coast. You keep going up, you know, Reading. You go up through uh, through the five up to um, Eugene, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there's just a lot of really good guys on the West Coast. Yeah. You know, I'm not. I don't want to take away from people that are that are not on the West Coast because there's a lot of really like great guys. You know, in Chicago, New York, sure. uh, all all over the states. But as far as like the gathering and hotbed of, and I think the reason why we see a lot of that in Southern California is because there's so many tournaments too, or maybe the tournaments are there because the people are there. I don't True. Know. Well, are are the majority of the tournaments for IBJJF? In, in California in Southern California or are the majority of them in the big Brazil? ones the big ones yeah are. so like the Pan American Championships are UC Irvine mm-hmm. or have been at UC Irvine so those are the ones that score the most points to get you to the rankings or the, rankings are are, are, they, are they a big deal in your mind uh, yeah I mean it's a reflection of of someone's effort and um, time spent competing yeah you know and their quality their quality uh, their their results you know because you if you lose every tournament you're not going to be in the rankings either so right um you, you have to win right but you you have to be, you also have to be able to show up to compete you mm-hmm. know so if so some people there might be you might be the best jiu-jitsu guy in i don't know southern argentina but if there's no jiu-jitsu tournaments or you don't have the funds to go to to the tournament, yeah. you're not going to be able. You're not going to be in the rankings. Like you said, I, I think it's interesting that that the the nationality of of of, of the whole thing is going to change. To it's going to be more international. More international. It's going. It's just going to happen. You see it in judo, right? Mm-hmm. The Japanese, you know, Japanese judo people from Japan who do judo are upset because judo, like, they're they're not winning gold medals all the time. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, that's that's really, that's that's what judo was, that was what was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Judo was supposed to become more competitive. Yeah. And it was supposed to become, and it's supposed to become, um, you know, you're supposed to see champions from different countries. Right. And just the natural progression of things. Right. You know? What do you think about the rules? You know, there's... Some people could stall. Some people could do this. So, yeah. like Eddie Bravo, he has Eddie oh, yeah. Bravo International for like invitational, invitational thinking. Yeah. So he's, I was listening to him one time and how he's explaining the the rules. I was like, wow. Uh, what do you think of that? And what do you compare it to some of the IBJJF? I think doing, trying things, trying new things, trying different things are is good. Yeah. I think that's exciting. You know, you see, um, no rules. Um, submission only mm-hmm. with no time limits you see some time limits you know you see Eddie Bravo in, I don't know the exact rules but I think there's overtime right submission only with right. overtime rules so yeah. I think that's that's cool I think um, and I think it depends on what the goal is mm-hmm. you know so what's the goal is your goal to have a, um, an exciting spectator friendly sport good point or is your is your goal to have you know because back in the day people paid money to go to Madison Square Garden mm. and watch a three hour wrestling match dang yeah so these were Abraham Lincoln <laughs> rules that's what I think they should call them. Ba- straight <laughs> up Lincoln rules Lincoln rules yeah. man Just what's the rules IBJJF for Lincoln rules it's like I think that would be really interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think that I mean as I don't know what the masses is. The masses will, will dictate what, what's going to make money. Yeah. But 
That's what yeah. So what's yeah. So the so you know you got to figure out. You got to see where 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 the money fall. What what follows? You know what. Where does the money go, right. right? What are what are people interested in seeing? I think they're both exciting, mm-hmm. you know. There's the, room. There's room for all of it, right? Yeah. The thing is, like, what's what? I think what you have to also understand what like what are people turned off? You know, people turn off by what they don't understand. So, huh. if they don't understand the rules, if the rules are too complicated, I mm, think good that kind of turns people good off. Point. Submission only. It's pretty simple, yeah. you know. The guy either wins or loses. He either makes the guy tap or he doesn't tap. Yeah, you know. So I think that in itself can be kind of exciting. Yeah, it's know? cut and dry. Um, but at the same time, it could be really boring. Well, you know what was yeah. cool about the tournament that I saw you at recently, and that's what got me inspired back to come back, because um, which is the one in San Jose, right? No, no, not San Jose. I'm sorry, here in Sacramento, and yeah. it was a no time limit. And when was that? That was um, it was you. It was Manny. It oh was, yeah, yeah, that's right. That was a cool submission one. pro tour. So, oh, that no was no time limit. No time limit, and Isn't that was crazy? amazing. So you could go back from um, okay, this guy they're stalled out here. Well, I'm gonna watch Elliot over here and Manny, you know, yeah. or that yeah. ended, and then it would go back and forth. So it was, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, so we gotta. That was that was a pretty cool format. I think they did a really good job of con- like keeping the action going and they had I think six mats in total. That was cool. You know, so yeah, it was cool and then they had an eight man um black belt uh like um tournament yep. within that yep. and uh, winner first and second or finalists got cash prizes. Oh. And yeah, I think that I thought that was fun. Yeah, that it was. was really and as a spectator, it was inspiring. It was cool. It was, cool. Yeah. It was really entertaining. Yeah. You could look. Okay, that white look, and you could look all kinds of different matches going on. So, looks like I guess we're out of time or out of space on the hard drive. Okay. Something like that, gotcha. right, Daniel? We're out of town. Yeah. yeah. Daniel's awesome. Again, anybody want to? AKBJJ Armor Armor Kimonos yeah. They do my geese I put on a coupon code Right I think I did that before Yeah EK Lowercase Gets you 10 10% $10, $10 off EK Lowercase $10 off You said Or yep. 10% off 10. One or the other Okay And then um, It's and what then, AKKimono.com Or what it was AKBJJ AKDJJ.com Alright um, Guys that do my Nogi stuff Komainu Apparel Um same thing, komainoapparel.com. Okay. Uh, cap, capitals EK. <laughs> capitals EK. Okay. Capitals EK. All right. Same thing. Coupon code. 10, 10 bucks, 10% off. Do it, everybody. Right. Go buy 10 geese today. Support Elliot. Or put on, invite Elliot Invitational. E. We got to do that. I'll talk to Eddie Bravo. I, I don't know him at all. <laughs> but I'll say, there's this guy. Let me, let me shout out to a couple of One yeah. Body uh, Pain and Performance Solutions. Ty does my he does my like rehabilitation mm-hmm. and he also does like my strength and conditioning. I just have worlds and it's probably the strongest, least injured really? Yeah. Wow. Going into, going into a tournament. And it's Ty? One body? Ty Ty at one body. Okay. Yep. Well um, Ty is his name. Ty's but his name. One body dot com. Thank you. One fit body dot net. Nice Daniel. Yeah. Clutch. Yep. Cool. Those are those are the the heavy hitters. Nice man. Thank you. Thank you again for 
for coming, for flying in from Orangeville. <laughs> Os. Os. Okay. Thanks, man. Thank you.